0: But where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. I want to ask you a question this morning. Does the Bible reveal a reason for God's grace? Is there a real call or cause for the love of God? Is there a motive behind His grace? I want to look at God's Word. For I believe God's Word reveals motives which are there to magnify and exalt God and His grace. Perhaps the most recognized verse and perhaps the verse that's most used from the word of God is John three sixteen. for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life now, this is a complimentary verse. Or else Romans is a complimentary verse to this one. How important it is. Most of us have read it and quoted it many, many times. But you know, sometimes we come so familiar with the Word of God that we miss a lot of it. And I've often told you It's important that you read the God, God's Word. But it's more important that you study the Word of God. Find out what God is talking about. How many times have you read a verse, or perhaps a chapter? And when you finish it, you say, what's God talking about? And you progress on to the next one. Don't go from it till you find out what He's talking about. And here, there's a little word, word so, God so loved. It's easy to overlook that, and yet it is a very important word. So here we learn, or we should learn, that the purpose of God's overflowing love is actually twofold. First of all, He loves us because He desires us not to perish. Secondly, He has made it possible for us to have everlasting life. You know what everlasting life is? Oh, I know. You say it's living forever. That's a side benefit. It's spent with God. It's to be spent with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Now, I know... That God loves all sinners. I know He desires that all of us should be saved, and I know you can do absolutely nothing for it. But I don't like the word "it's free." It's not free. It's a gift. Now, a gift must be paid. And Christ paid for it. Oh, how he paid for it. Have you ever sat down and thought about that? Where did Christ come from? Heaven. He had been there before creation. All the centuries, the years, Christ had been in heaven. He had enjoyed all the wonderful things of heaven. His glory, His power. And His heavenly Father said, "This time. It's time for you to go to the earth. You're going to go to the earth. Christ knew exactly what he was coming here for. But you know, the hard part of it was how he had to come, he had to come as a baby the Son of God, the one that created everything there is and maintained it. He came as a baby. He had to be cared for. You know, most of us, by the time we hit the age of five or six, We don't want to be called a baby. My mother was a very loving person. And uh, I think she believed we were always only two years old. Probably we acted about like it too. But you know, Of all the things that I hate, that I have done. My mother went home to be with the Lord when I was only 12. She had been very sick. And we were living in Temple, Texas. We had lived in Dallas years before. And mother had gone to a doctor that had helped her. And she had told dad she wanted to go to Dallas to go to this doctor. Well, that was only 136 miles. But back in the day she did this, that was a long way. But I'll never forget, a neighbor across the street, had invited me to go with her son who was my age to visit her sister who lived out in the country. And there were some ladies from the church that had come to visit Mother. I don't know, three or four of them. And they were all sitting around the bedroom when the neighbor pulled up in the driveway and honk their horn. Well, I grabbed my suitcase and, man, I took it to the door. And mother called me. She said, Billy, you come back here. I want to kiss you goodbye. I thought, in front of all these ladies? Well, I kissed her. Oh, no, it wasn't a kiss. You know, that was the last moment I ever saw my mother. No? I don't think we understand God's love either. But salvation is much more than just a little insurance policy to avoid hell. Now, man has perverted so God's ways. There are those who say, and I, I can understand this, I, I feel that way sometimes. I've got to do things to show God how much I love Him. After all, all that He did for me, shouldn't I do things for Him? What am I trying to do? Am I trying to pay Him for what I've done, for what He has done? We can't. And then there are those who say, hip, hip, hooray. The Bible says, get saved, and you're on your way to heaven. I can do as I please. I can go where I want to. I can do what I want to. And I'm afraid sometimes we are guilty. even in our witnessing and not stipulate along with salvation comes a responsibility. I'm thankful that when I went forward and got saved a dear lady talk to me and explain to me what god had done and she also explained to me that now what you do reflects upon god you have a responsibility Not to try to earn your salvation. But because of your appreciation of it. You want to please him. Oh, how amazing is God's love. How divine how wonderful but a question arises will divine love or can divine love possess my soul my life and my all and I want to quote from Ephesians 2 8 and 10 for by grace have you been saved through faith and this is not of your own doing it is the gift of God not because of works lest any man should boast listen carefully for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for a reason for good works which God predetermined beforehand that we should walk in them so we find there are motives God does have purposes in our lives and for his divine grace. You realize, you ever stop to think God had a purpose for saving you? Oh, you say, I had to accept Christ. And that's true. I know that. But God had to call you. Christ had to pay for you. And he has a purpose in your life. Yes, he has a motive. You see, one of the motives for God's divine grace was that God might have our soul, our lives, our all, And that we should produce good works that should glorify Him. You know, unfortunately, today, too many people get saved. And I'm not questioning their salvation. But boy, I'm sure thankful I'm not responsible for judging them. I'm thankful my Lord and Savior is going to do that. But God prepared beforehand that we should have good works. Now, I'm not talking about salvation. Salvation is a gift. And you must accept it as a gift. But there comes responsibility with it. You know what? I was born into a wonderful family. My parents knew what sacrifice was. You know, I grew up during the Depression. Now, you think we're going through a depression today? Ah. I can remember when steak was 10 cents a pound. Ooh, you say, wouldn't that be wonderful? Well, you also made a dollar an hour. In fact, for some of them, it was a dollar a day. I know farmhands often only paid a dollar a day. I'll never forget, we were well off, had a very beautiful home, two cars, my father was a salesman, along came the depression, and the old saying was, you couldn't even sell ice cream in hell, he lost his job, we lost our house we lost everything my father worked at every job he could find but I heard him one night he and mother talking and mother was listening all the things listing all the things that Billy needed and Lenora needed Maureen needed and Leo needed all the kids and father said I'm sorry, I don't have a nickel. Whoo! I thought we're going to starve to death. But you know what? We didn't. In fact, I can say I never got up from the table hungry. Now, I got up from the table many times when the bowl was empty. But I never got up hungry. Yes, God is wonderful. Now, one of the divine graces was that God took our life and our soul. And he has guided and directed us. He has prepared us and he will use us I know I've heard it a million times well I just don't have any talents I can't sing. I can't talk to people. And yet you can meet somebody on the street and spend 30 minutes talking to them about the Friday night high school football game. And far as singing, well, You know what? I can sing. It's qualified as a joyful noise. And that's all that God asks us to do. But we are his workmanship. And he has prepared us. How did he do it? well let me kind of tell you a little story about a orthopedic surgeon he had a patient that had a very bad head injury hand injury he had lost his thumb and his first finger and the doctor him into surgery and first he cleared off the little nubs but then he removed flesh about a roll of flesh about as as large as a suitcase handle from the abdominal area Now, most of us have a lot of flesh there. And he took it and rolled it up. He took a piece of bone, slipped in it, and and fastened it to the nub of the thumb. Then he did the same thing with the finger. And you know, almost a year and a half or two years afterwards, that hand functioned but the patient was talking to the doctor and he said well I understand what you did but why couldn't you have taken a hand a, a thumb and a finger from someone who had passed away and put it on me the doctor explained something to him he said We only have a few minutes to collect flesh from a corpse. He said the whole body, from the head to the foot, is filled with what he called invaders, which the instant life ceases. It begins to move all through the body, Destroying the usefulness of all the flesh, bones, and organs of that body. You know what? That's a perfect picture of what happened when Adam sinned. Death passed upon all. We could say spiritual invaders swept over the entire being of man and his spiritual nature disintegrated. Nothing in man was fit to be used. Nothing in man could be repaired. Spiritual life could not be arise we have perfect examples in God's word did you ever notice when Christ met Simon a fisherman bad language probably could not name three things he had done good But God changed him. And we got Peter. Same thing happened to Jacob before that. There was nothing in Jacob's life that God could use to fashion Israel. And yes, we know very well about Saul who became Paul. You see, we had nothing for God to work with so what did he do remember what Jesus told Nicodemus Nicodemus was a wealthy man very religious man a good man a righteous man an honest man Jesus said Nicodemus you must be born again you see There was nothing there that he could use. He made us to be a partaker of the divine nature of Jesus Christ by the Holy Spirit. You became a new creation, a new creature. Old things were passed away. And God knows when something's passed away it has to be replaced. He replaced it with a new nature. Oh, I know we still have the old nature. And you know, I think a lot about heaven. I'm getting awful close to being there. The more I think about it, the less I know. But you know, when I think of all the wonderful things of heaven... Perhaps the most wonderful one that I can think of is I'm not going to have that old nature. It's going to be gone. I'm not going to have to watch it like I do now. I'm not going to have to worry about it like I do now. And I will not be defeated by it like I am now. but I'm not there yet you know in, adi- in addition to these purposes or perhaps we would call them blessings for us and good works in us that God performs there is another motive there is another purpose of superabounding grace. That is, you and I have an opportunity to be in the church of Jesus Christ. We live in the dispensation of the kingdom of God. Paul describes the church as the body of Christ and that is true but that means that every member and I'm not talking about when I'm talking about the church I'm not talking about any one church I'm talking about all of the saved believers that have joined together and doing what God would have us to do. We're all part of the body. You do not have an important part of your body that does not affect things. You know, some months ago, my wife was having a very difficult time. And we tried everything. Finally, the doctor said, well, she's got an overacted thyroid. I didn't know what a thyroid, I still don't know what one is. I understand it's somewhere up in here. But it had her all out of kilter. You see, I don't care who you are. I don't care what your responsibility is. It is important i tell you what. You get up some night and stump your toe against the dresser drawer and you'll find out how important that toe is. So we're important. And we have something to do for him. And right now, Some of the important people within our church were laid aside. What do we do? Oh, yeah, we pray for them. But have we moved in and taken up? Are we willing to do a little more? Too often we fold our hands and say, well, we'll wait till they get better. No. How wonderful it is that you and I are members of the Church of Jesus Christ. What a privilege. Now there is one more motive of the superabounding grace of God that I want to touch upon. It's one we don't think too much about, and yet I think perhaps we should. There is a life after this one. When we draw the last breath, our As I hope I get to enjoy that. The Lord would come and take us to heaven. But either way. We will go. And if the Lord tarries. We will all. Meet that appointment. And we shall spend all eternity. God and with our Savior Christ. Oh, I know, I know, I know it's, we don't know much about it, but I can tell you one thing. I know about God. I know about my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And I know that in heaven we are going to be busy. That old of sitting on a cloud and playing a harp. No, that's not happening. There're gonna be people there. We're going to have jobs to do. And I don't care what your job is or what my job is. We'll enjoy it. And you might be mindful that what we do today has something to do. With our position in heaven. God is going to, well, Christ is going to judge our works, not our sins. Where are your sins? They're gone. They don't exist. No, you'll never be judged for your sins. But, our works will be judged. What does that mean? Well, that means what I've done for him here on the earth. Now I've told you before. I love to teach. Not because I get up here and talk, but it makes me work. You know, I'm kind of lazy. If I don't have to prepare it, I won't do it. But if I teach just because I want to teach, then I'm not going to get any reward for it. But if I teach to glorify God, whatever I do is to glorify Him when I talk to other people why am I doing it? we will be judged our works will be judged not us and I don't know but I'm still looking forward to going to heaven I've often wondered, you know, maybe, just perhaps, and I'm fantasizing a little bit, a million years from now, I'll be in heaven, and perhaps one of you will be with me. As we wander along, there will be angels who will look at you and I with awe and wonder and say to each other, there are two of the saints. They were on earth in the time of the great rebellion. They were dead in trespasses and sin." They were ungodly sinners. Oh, they were the enemy of God. But he loved them when they were so. How marvelous. How wonderful is his love. How great his patience and understanding How free his grace, his love, how great his compassion. And we will be able to say to those angels, Oh, you're right. And giving all the glory to him, he is the wonderful one. He is the gracious one. There is none like him. And amidst all the wonderful activities of heaven, the most wonderful is being associated with Him. How true His grace. For where sin abound, grace did much more abound. Our Lord and gracious Heavenly Father, how we thank you for your word. Oh, the beauty of it. The wonder of it. And yet, Father, how seldom we really appropriate it. How seldom we even spend the time in it to get the encouragement, to get the help that we need. Now, Father, Father, We're going through a little difficulty right now. I pray you will be with Pastor Mrs. Sousley. You'll be with Daryl and Bonnie. You'll be with Becky. You'll be with those who are laid aside. And Father, you'll be with the rest of us. That we'll use the opportunities we have. We'll use our good health to take up the slack will not be slumbering will not be indifferent to the opportunities we ask that you use us you bless and guide and direct in each one of our lives for we love you and we ask these things in the name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ amen